Welcome to the Ag Future Podcast, presented by Alltech. Join us as we explore the future of farming, food, and nutrition. Over the last 10 years, scientists at Alltech have been using nutrigenomics to develop new feeding strategies and ultimately redefine animal nutrition. What are the practical applications of this science, and what does it mean for the future of aquaculture specifically? Joining us to explore these questions and more is Dr. Carl Dawson, Vice President and Chief Scientific Officer at Alltech. And thanks for being with us, Dr. Dawson. It's a pleasure, Tom. Let's begin with a, a fundamental question. What is nutrigenomics and why is it such a valuable tool? Well, nutrigenomics is really one of the new tools or sciences that we can use today to evaluate specifically what nutrients or nutrition of, of an animal or a human is doing to the process of gene expression. And I say it's one of many. Today, we're looking at many different tools that are from this molecular-based science that we're looking at. We can do nutrigenomics, which looks at the transcription or expression of genes. Uh, there are other things, for example, like metabolomics, which looks at the ability of a nutrient to influence the metabolites that are developed in the bloodstream. So these are different tools that we're using today that give us a much deeper view of what nutrition does in an animal's body. And in a recent panel discussion, Farming the Future, uh, you said that nutrigenomics is really going to redefine things if it hasn't already. Can you elaborate on that? Yes. So uh, we actually are using nutrigenomics to find brand new concepts and actually challenge the nutritional concepts that are out there today. So we're finding out such things as why does an antioxidant do what it does in the animal's body and improve animal health? We can find substitutes for the traditional antioxidants that are out there. We've done other things, for example, defining trace mineral requirements in animals. We've used nutrigenomics to actually redefine what we thought was the expected or needed levels of minerals in an animal's diet. So many of these things are changing what we think about in terms of the way a nutrient will interact with the animal, providing for health and well-being. And the title of the field, nutrigenomics, might lead someone to believe that it's limited to exploring how nutrition influences the expression of individual genes, but it's more than that, isn't it? Yes, well, nutrigenomics is really built around the nutrition concept, that's, thus the nutrient or nutrigenomics part of it. The term that's probably more appropriate is the term transcriptomics, hmm. which is measuring gene expression overall. And we can look at such things as the effects of a disease process on gene expression or the change of environmental, environmental temperature on gene expression. All of these factors influence gene expression. Nutrigenomics just is focusing on what the nutrients in the animal's diets are doing. Okay, let's turn our nutrigenomics focus over to aquaculture. How is this tool being used to define new feeding strategies for fish? Well, we have lots of examples of things that we're doing today. Nutrigenomics or this gene expression measurement is something that's fairly new in, the, in fish, but it is becoming a very popular tool. And probably in the last seven or eight years, there's been a, a surge of, of scientific interest in looking at gene expression and what influenced gene expression. We've been particularly interested in looking at such things as how does nutrition influence meat filet or filet quality from a fish? Uh, and we can actually identify the specific gene markers that are correlated with such things as 
the firmness of a fish fillet. Those things are highly correlated. Now, that's very interesting because that's not something we've been able to do in the past, go in and find specific markers. Now, that doesn't mean the fish does not have those genes. It means it does not have the ability necessarily to express those genes. So it's not just genetics here. We're talking about the way genes are turned on and turned off. We've used this very specifically in in recent months or or in the last two years probably to look at some very specific feed materials, feed additives that we might use in salmon diets. One of the big problems for the salmon industry today is the problem with sea lice. We've come up with ways to actually influence the infestation of fish with these sea lice by changing what those fish are, are receiving. And we did that by taking compounds, specific materials that we had identified, had some history with, and actually looking at how those influence gene expression. So we went in and actually tried to find materials that would enhance such thing as mucin production on the surface of the fish and the innate immunity of the fish. That gave us a lot of clues before we had to do any real animal experimentation to find materials that were very active. So are these salmon now better able to resist sea lice? That's that's the the point we've made in the last uh, six months or so. We actually do have some fish now that will still be infested, but the infestation rate tends to be much lower. So if we actually look at the, the number of fish that have fewer than 20 lice, for example, we'll see that we can actually change that distribution and find a lot more fish that have fewer uh, lice. It's not a total resistance to infestation, but it changes the ability of the fish to uh, support this parasite. So how long does it take for a sample from the the herd, the flock, or the school in this case to to yield useful data? This is usually a fairly quick thing. Uh, Typically, we look for gene expression changes within the matter of days. They can be within a matter of hours. One of the interesting studies we reviewed uh, just recently was one where we were looking at how do the sea lice themselves influence the gene expression in the fish. It's very interesting to see, but within three days, those sea lice have actually changed the immunity of those fish. Hmm. Not increasing it, they tend to depress it. They also depress such things as the ability of the fish to respond to wounds and wound healing mechanisms. This is a very unique observation because we're actually saying this lice or this louse uh, is changing the ability of that fish to recover and is influencing the fish gene expression just by attaching to the fish. What are some specific ways aquaculture producers can use the information that you're gleaning from this uh, nutrigenomics research? Well, we know quite a little bit about specific nutrients today. For example, mineral supplementation is one that we've worked with quite a little bit. We do know that if you provide selenium in a very uh, rich organic form, such as selenium yeast, you can change the genes or the expression of genes that result in immunity uh, and such things as mucin production on the surface of fish. So those are things that are, are real, that are being used today, probably not tied directly to nutrigenomics. We don't go out and measure the gene response, but as a result of what we know from gene expression, 
we can predict what's going to happen in the animal. We can do that fairly quickly, too, because our turnaround time on understanding gene responses is a matter of days instead of waiting for a full production cycle. So fair to say that this science is really bringing a new level of precision. Right. Absolutely. What are some new uh, commercially useful feeding concepts that have come directly from the use of this molecular tool? Well, as, as I indicated, minerals is one that is, is, is very much being used today. Changes in sources and types of minerals that are being used and actual levels of minerals. So mineral supplementation is a common one. We're doing quite a little bit right now using uh, yeast cell wall components to address what's happening within the fish in terms of disease resistance and most recently in terms of nutrient absorption. It appears these materials are also influencing the tight junction proteins that make up the intestinal tract and changing the way the fish absorbs its nutrients. So those are real things that are happening today that will change what we think about in terms of providing nutrition to fish. Can this tool be used to quickly determine the value of newly developed feed supplements and how? Yes, and that's really the approach we use right now. One of the interesting uh, models that we're using today is to actually do nutrient injection. So when we want to test a new product out or nutrient out, we can actually inject the fish with small amounts of that material and evaluate what's happening with gene expression. As we do this more and more, we're building a pattern or a encyclopedia, if you'd like, of responses that we would like to see. Uh, we've already done that to some extent with some of our yeast products and some of our minerals. So we're starting to understand what those responses have to be. That slows or speeds up, excuse me, the time it takes to evaluate new nutrients and nutrient concepts. And how is the tool being used to demonstrate the effects of maternal nutrition on the growth, the development, and disease resistance of offspring? Oh, that's, that's, that's getting into another term we can use, the term epigenetics, the concept <laughs> of, of being able to pass on traits that aren't really related to the actual genetic material. We don't have a lot of experience in fish, although we know that a healthier mother tends to have healthier offspring in fish, and we've never been able to measure that directly. However, in some of the other livestock species we're working with, it is a very important tool. One of the observations we've made in pigs, for example, is that by feeding a mother a very specific prebiotic late in pregnancy, we can completely change the gene expression in a young piglet, even at weaning. So this is after the pig has developed for quite a period of time. You're working with a new piglet that has a completely new, different nutritional set of requirements. So it is something totally different. So that is, is happening. It is something that we're using a lot uh, more in livestock species than aquaculture species, although we have some ideas in the next uh, couple of years that we're going to try out and, and see how we can make that work in fish. Dr. Carl Dawson directs activities at the company's biosciences centers around the world, including Alltech's Center for Nutrigenomics and Applied Animal Nutrition, where he is the co-director. Thank you for being with us. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Ag Future Podcast, presented by Alltech. For show notes and more episodes, visit alltech.com forward slash agfuture. future.